Jesus the periphery Jesus the foundation Jesus our destination hallelujah Jesus our lord every knee shall bow every tongue shall confess that Jesus is lord is this Jesus your lord today if he is not your lord today there's going to be a day when every knee shall bow down every tongue shall confess and then you will confess too that Jesus is lord and then you will go to damnation eternal damnation make Jesus your lord today hallelujah for for a minute brief meditation this morning shall we turn to the book of joshua chapter 14 the book of jo- joshua chapter 14 verses 6 through 13 You know, maybe I will read it because I think it's not reaching to the back. Now the men of Judah approached Joshua at Gilgal. And Caleb, son of Jephunneh at Kenesite, the Kenesite said to him, You know that the Lord said to Moses, the man of God at Kadesh Barnea about you and me. I was 40 years old. when moses the servant of the lord sent me from kadesh barnea to explore the land and i brought him back a report according to my convictions but my brothers who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt with fear i however followed the lord my god wholeheartedly so on that day Moses swore to me the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever because you have followed the Lord wholeheartedly verse 10 now then just as the Lord promised he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to moses while israel moved about in the desert so here i am today 85 years old i am still as strong today as the day moses sent me out i'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as i was then now Give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard that the Anakites were there and neither and their cities are large and fortified. But the Lord helping, I will give them drive them out just as he said. Now give me this hill country that the lord promised me that day 
shall we pray? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you, we praise you for this beautiful morning that you have given us to worship you, Lord. We pray that you will take glory in our worship, in our prayers, in our singing, in our word ministry. Your word is eternal. We pray that your people will be edified and your name and your name alone will be lifted up and glorified in this sanctuary this morning, Lord. Talk to our hearts, Lord. Make it a convicting day in our lives today, Lord. Use this feeble vessel of yours to take glory, Lord. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Please be seated. He is known as the most intelligent man ever known to live on the face of this earth. He was reading the New York Times at the age of 18 months. At age 8, he spoke eight languages fluently. Latin, Greek, French, Russian, German, Hebrew, Turkish, and Armenian. And as if that was not enough, he invented a language of his own by name Wendergood. At age eight, he passed MIT entrance examination. And at age nine, he passed Harvard entrance examination. But Harvard would not admit him until he was 11 because he was underage to start college. He graduated from Harvard at the age of 16 while he was already a part-time professor at Harvard. His IQ was estimated to be between 250 and 300, while Einstein's or Einstein's was only about 200 and an average man's just about 100. If you Googled this person that I'm talking about, you will know I'm talking about William James Sidis. Who? You are thinking. I'm sure majority of you have not heard of him. I know Susan and Becky knows about him because the other day I shared with them what I read about this person. William James Sidis. Born in 1898 to immigrant parents in New York City. How come I never heard of this person until now if he was the most intelligent person? He died at the age of 46 in 1944. What was his contributions to humanity, this most intelligent person on earth? What were his achievements and his inventions? 
Why is it that you and I never heard of him before? Because he contributed nothing to humanity. He got to be working only as a law and clerk in a New York City business office until he died. He was a person who ran away from responsibilities. He would pass opportunities that came by because he did not want to face the challenges in life. He did not want to deal with the people around him. He hated other people. He never reached where he could have reached. He died unknown to the rest of the world. Started out very well. Started out very high. But finished very poorly. Brothers and sisters, I want to share with you that what is more important than starting well is finishing well. Not everyone is privileged to start well, like this gentleman. Or like some other people, very elite people like Solomon who started out very well. But none of us is privileged like that. But it is so important for you and in the sight of God that we finish well. Caleb in the scripture is a person who finished well. And he finished very well. We see him appearing the very first time in the book of Numbers chapter 13. During the spying expedition of Canaan, Caleb said to me, he said to be a man who followed after God. Numbers 14, 24. If any of you want to note it down, I would not be able to repeat anything. Please note down the verses. Numbers 14, 24, it says that Caleb, God is testifying about him, about Caleb. But because my servant Caleb was a different, has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him to the land I promised. This is God's own testimony. My servant Caleb followed me wholeheartedly. But that's not enough. There are three more people who has testified the same way about Caleb. Caleb's own testimony about himself. Joshua 14, 8, it goes like this. My fellow Israelites who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt in fear. But I, however, followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Then in Moses is testifying. Then Moses is testifying. In Joshua 14, 19, Caleb is quoting Moses. So on that day, Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Then Joshua is testifying about Caleb. 
Joshua 14, 13 and 14. Then Joshua blessed Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and gave him Hebron as his inheritance. So Hebron was belonged, has belonged to Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, ever since, because he followed the Lord, the God of Israel, wholeheartedly. If he is a man who followed God wholeheartedly and got this many testimonials about him, including God himself, this must be a man whose life is worth learning from. There are three seasons, three very obvious seasons in the life of Caleb. In all these three seasons, Caleb followed God wholeheartedly and he trusted his God. Season number one. Eleven days after the people of Israel left Egypt, they reached the desert of Paran. Numbers 13, 1 through 3. Numbers 13, 1 through 3. The Lord now said to Moses, send out men to explore the land of Canaan, the land I am giving to the Israelites. Send one leader from each of the 12 ancestral tribes. Send out men to explore the land of Canaan, the land I am giving to Israelites. So Moses did as the Lord commanded him. He sent out 12 men, all tribal leaders of Israel, from their camp in the wilderness of Paran. The spying of the land, you all know about it. The exploration. God is declaring that I am giving this land to my people, Israel. There is no conditions attached to that. No ifs or buts about it. God says, I am giving it to them. There is no talk about a battle. There is no talk about any obstruction in the way either. Just go and Take it. I am giving it to you. And the spies went out, the 12 of them. And they brought their report. Look at it. Numbers 13, 32, and 33. Please open your Bibles and look at it. They went out and came back. Standing before Moses, these 10 guys. 10 plus 2, 12 guys. They're telling Moses, they're actually giving the report of the land. Verse 32, we saw, we saw people with great size. Verse 33, we saw the Nephilim there, the Anakites. Verse 33, towards the end, we seemed like grasshoppers. The appearance again. Visual perception. Verse 33 
see towards the latter part. We look the same to them. We seem to us like grasshoppers and we seem to them like grasshoppers. How in the world did they know that? When we start looking at our giants only through our physical eyes, we will look at them as big and formidable enemies. And we will seem to ourselves as little things. When we face giants and trust in ourselves only, we see only what those people saw. They saw and they perceived only through their physical senses. And they got discouraged. And they discouraged the rest of the people, the assembly of the people. Instead of hearing God's word and obeying and trusting God. They, they made the conclusion based on their visual and auditory perceptions. They saw the visible giants. Yes. They got scared and distracted, got distracted and they distrusted God. The God who promised to give them what he promised them. We bind the hands of God by our unbelief. Don't fall into the trap of binding the hands of God by our heart that is not willing to obey and trust him. Don't we also conclude, like those ten spies, that we conclude based on what we see a lot of times. What we see are only giants. Some giants have names and some don't have names. Some we see with our physical eyes and some we fabricate in our minds. The first thing, the very first thing that we do when we face the giants and, our, and we look at ourselves, we declare to ourselves how small we are. How inadequate we are. Just like those ten guys. When we don't focus on our God, all we see are giants. Giants closing in on us to destroy us from every side. These are giants that prevent us from claiming what God has already given. We look at the world today and we see giants, all kinds of giants. There's no peace, wars everywhere, desolations everywhere, the, the devastations caused by the pandemic we see around, the social issues that we, face, that we, that we see that are formidable, our declining band balances, our bad health report, the cancer, the heart problem, 
the report that the doctor gave you the other day heals like giants they seemed like giants i'm sure one of you some of you have already facing these situations non existent job opportunities situations with our children they all seem like giants staring at us with very sharp glaring eyes difficulties and frictions at home relational problems can seem to get fixed nothing seem to be working because you have been focusing on yourself but here is Caleb declaring along with Joshua in numbers 14 7 through 9 do not be afraid their protection has been removed from them when these 10 guys were discouraging the people Caleb and Joshua stood up and said do not be afraid the lord is with us Caleb is focusing not on the giants but on the lord who is with him Amen. Caleb trusted in god's promise the lord is with us god is beyond what we can see with our naked eyes he we cannot hear him a lot of times with our physical ears we cannot we cannot smell him with our nostrils not through these five senses we can perceive him but he trusted that if god has spoken he will make it happen god will do what he has promised he will do if god said he will do something brothers and sisters trust in him that he will do it he is the one who is with us god's presence is a reality to his children in the very first season of his life caleb trusted in the presence of god with him yes what we see around us is not very very hopeful i am not trying to paint a very cozy picture here economy is in shambles interest rates are going up we know that gasoline prices have almost doubled in the last few months food price the basic food price is going up cost of living is soaring through the roof tensions all around calamities wars pandemics family issues giants in the world giants in the family giants in the person of each of us ready to attack us we see and ready to attack our children social issues giants that are devouring the social and cultural values the values that we held on for generations then we have our personal giants that we have to deal with in the society everything is upside down everything you seem to see is disastrous there is the person who is trusting god 
This is the time for us to trust God. Knowing that the Lord is with us. I'm not saying that we must ignore the giants. Not at all. They are there and they are real. But our God is with us. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. We must claim this, because we are the privileged people of God. He's Emmanuel for us, God with us. He is Jehovah Shammah for us. God, he is there. Numbers 14.9. Caleb and Joshua encourages the people. Only do not rebel against God. And do not be afraid of the people of the land. Because he, we, because, look at what they are saying. Because we, we will devour them. They may seem like giants to you. But with the help of God, you and I are called to be giant eaters. The protection is gone. But the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. We must be people who practice the presence of God in our lives. How can we do that? We must be people who enjoy the presence of God. If you don't enjoy the presence of God, you cannot claim the presence of God. You must enjoy the presence of God in prayer. We must become people of prayer. Prayer Opens the throne room of God for you and I to go in and experience his presence. Not when you are in need only. Not when there is a need for healing or crisis in life. Make it a practice. Make it a habit. A practice that will take you into his presence. And enjoy him. Pray many times a day. I'm not saying that you should kneel down 20 times a day. No. But make your life a prayer life, prayerful life. Cultivate a prayer life in a pattern of prayer. Practice the presence of God in your daily life. In your free time, experience do pray. Do pray. It doesn't have to be long prayers. It can be sometimes 30 second prayers. But connect to God. Experience Him. Hallelujah. Make a habit of praying multiple times a day. Prayer will make you experience God's presence. You know, prayer will make you trust God and depend on Him. Go on your knees in prayer and experience His presence. Like Daniel did. Daniel 6.10 it says. When he realized that the decree was written against him. He did what he always did. 
When Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room. With his windows open towards Jerusalem, he prayed three times a day. Just as he had always done, praying and giving thanks to God, Daniel saw his God and knew he is greater than the lethal decree that was actually hanging over his head. Like David did. Facing the giant Goliath, he declared, I come in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel you dare to defy. Trusting God enables you to see God doing things for you. And he will do what he promised you to do. Experience God's presence when you see your giants. Declare his presence loud. Let your children hear that you are a person who experiences the presence of God. Let the people around you realize that you are a person who, import, who give importance to experiencing God's presence in your life. Are you somebody who seek God's presence in your facing of your giants? Second season of Caleb's life. After Numbers 14, God punished the Israel. You know the story. After that Canaan expedition, the spying expedition, Israelites were left to live and wander in the desert for 40 long years. God punished them. And they, he made them wander like nomads through the wilderness until all those who were, who were about 25 died. Caleb was 40 when the expedition was done. And another 40 years. We don't hear from Caleb for the next 40 years. He will be 80 years old when this nomadic wandering is finished. 40 prime years of his life, wandering aimlessly in the desert, speaking not a single word. What is worse than that is that it is all due to a rebellion, a disobedience to God, in which he had absolutely no part. Forty years of depression and despair. Forty years of anonymity. We see Joshua actually here and there during these 40 years. Not Caleb. Some recognition was given to Joshua occasionally. We hear about Moses, but not Caleb. 1.2 million, 600,000 men, and I'm hoping that 600,000 women also, who left Egypt, who are more than 25, died in the desert. 1.2 million people, who are about 20 died. That is 85 people a day 
for 40 long years. If Moses had 12, year, 12 hours a day to conduct funerals, he will be conducting on an average about seven funerals a day. Every day, every week, every month, every year for 40 long years. Is it any surprise to you that Moses, when he wrote Psalm 90, in verse 10, he laments, 70 years are given to us. Some even live to 80, but even the best years are filled with pain and trouble. Soon they disappear and we fly away. The man of God who witnessed people dying like flies in fire before him. He, and barely making it to 70 or 80. He's lamenting over the blatant rebellion and disobedience of these people. Oh Lord, how fleeting are our ears. The entire generation is wiped off in 40 years. Just going in circles, nothing seems to happen. Caleb with them. Like someone has punished, someone has pushed a whole button. Yes, God has pushed the whole button. And Caleb is also suffering with the rest of the people. Hallelujah. No one recognizes you. No one rewards you. You don't seem to reach anywhere. Just going in circles. Going from point A to B to C. And then, and then, and then, and points. And makes no sense. Things don't seem to be happening to you. For you. Everyone else's prayer is answered. But not yours. You are still waiting. Thomas's prayer is answered, but not yours. Helen's prayer is answered, but not yours. And that person's is answered, and that person's is answered, but not mine. If this is you, take a look at Caleb. For 40 years of absolute silence from God. Can you peek into the mind of Caleb now and hear what he might be going through, the anguish and the conflicts that are happening in his mind? You don't hear him grumble. You don't hear him Complain. You don't hear him coming to Moses and say, what in the world is going on? He never says that. He saw his God. He knew that there was a purpose behind what is going on. He was in the will of God. Still, he was treated the same way as the rest of the assembly. You might want to call it unfair. But Caleb no, knew that his God is always fair. He knew there was a God who is fulfilling his purpose in his life and also in the life of the rest of the assembly as this is happening. Hallelujah. He traveled with the rebellious crowd he stayed on knowing that 
God is still in control. He trusted in the purpose of God at the second season in his life. He trusted in the purpose of God. The purpose of God to be fulfilled in the people of Israel and also in his own life. Trust God when seems that your prayers are not answered. There's a purpose behind it. Trust God's purpose when you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Trust God's purpose when the journey seems to be too long and that you don't seem to get anywhere. Trust God's purpose when your wife or your husband or your children keep on asking, aren't we there yet? How long since it's this trip? All you see is winding roads with no destination nearby. Trust that the Lord is working in the wilderness for you. He is still in control. The God, the Lord, who started the good work in you, will bring it to completion in Christ's day. Don't be a quitter. Do not panic. Don't hold bitterness against your brethren. Know that God is working for you. Trust his purpose. Do not give up. Be like, like Caleb. Keep trusting in his purpose and know that he's working on your behalf. And season number three. This is the last phase of Caleb's life. Joshua 14, that's where we read. Joshua 14, 10 onwards. It's more than 40 years now. All the adults about 20 have died. Since the ones who left Egypt. Now Caleb stands in the promised land before Joshua. And the new leader is, Joshua is the new leader. And he's declaring, now then, just as the Lord promised, he kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses. While Israel moved about in the wilderness, so here I am today, 85 years old. I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle just as then. Now give me this whole country. That the Lord promised that day. You yourself heard that the Anakites were there. And their cities were large and fortified. But the Lord helping, I will drive them out. Just as he had said. At 85, Caleb is claiming his mountain. The mountain that he had eyed 40 long years ago. His vision never got dim. Yes, his physical eyes are dimmer. But Caleb at 85 is preparing for a conquest. He's actually beyond the age that Moses has predicted 70 or 80 years for the Israelite assembly. 
his weak, weak eyesight. Cataracts, probably both eyes. Bones arthritic. His head is either bald or, or white. His skin is wrinkled and his face shows the marks of aging. If I were there, I would interject right there. And I will tell Caleb, what are you asking for? Are you out of your mind? You cannot do it. It's fair that you made up thus far. Relax. You are in the promised land. Retire. Be with your people. Have a great time. If my children were there, and if I were Caleb, Caleb I'm sure they would do the same thing too. But Caleb is a different person. He is not in the habit of looking at himself and getting discouraged. The same God he trusted when he saw the giants is the same one he is looking at now when he is looking at himself also. When his weakness tells, you, tells him, do not, he is looking at his God and says, I can. Hallelujah. I am still as strong as the day Moses sent me out. I know time is a little few. We have lunch after this. I'll, I'll hopefully finish in time. So, I'm still as strong as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle. Now give me this hill country. It belongs to me. You yourself heard that the Anakites are there and their cities are large and fortified. But the Lord helping, I will drive, drive them out. The focus is on God. I followed my God fully. I will drive them out. I can win in the power of my God. Yes, when you see me, I am old. When you look at me, I am wrinkled. When I look at my head, I have gray hair. But if, if you look at, feel my joints, you can hear the crackles of arthritis that the age has imposed upon me. But don't discourage looking at me. I have a God. I serve a God who is still with me. The giants are real and they're strong. But my God is stronger. He will defeat them for me. These giants shall not be a threat to the people of God anymore. They have been ruling for the past 40 years. They have been going back and forth in my place, my inheritance for the past 40 years. They have been ruling over them. And this shall come to an end now. And God has given me the anointing to take them down. I will take them down by the power of my God. This battle is not mine. This battle is already won by my God. In his last season of life, Caleb trusted in the power of God. He declared to himself saying that I will take them down. 
King Jehoshaphat once was attacked by the Ammonites and the Moabites. Hallelujah. I don't have the time to go into the details of them. But he trusted in his God. He knew he was overwhelmed. But when he gave himself into the hands of God, he declared he was he was encouraged. This battle is not yours to fight. This battle belongs to the Lord. Listen, King Jehoshaphat, this is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged by this mighty army for the battle is not yours anymore, but God's. Apostle Paul declares from the present cell, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Philippians 4.13 God tells Paul one day in his weakness, Paul, you are weak, you are feeble, but my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. Samson, we learned the other day, God's great strength made perfect when he admitted his weakness and his failures. We are given the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit to, to defeat our giants. The power that is immeasurable, the power that is formidable, the power that is eternally stronger than any other forces in this world. The dynamic power of God belongs to us. Make it to good use when you see your giants. Make it a good use when the giants tell you you cannot come here. Make it a good use when the society tells you that this is the way it's going to be from now on. You know that is not what your God wants. Trust God's presence. Let me complete. Let me finish here. Trust God's presence when all you see are giants. See God there. Trust God's promises and his, his, uh, his uh, power in your moving, hallelujah, in your journeys, hallelujah. God has, if God has promised something, he will bring it to completion, hallelujah. His strength is perfected in your weakness. His strength, you know, that's a beautiful voice. His strength is perfected in you. There's a purpose behind you waiting. Yes, you have been praying for a long time. But give God his time. Yes, he's going to act on your behalf. Yes, the purpose of God will be fulfilled in your long waiting. And the power of God will be revealed in your weakness. Our resources are running out. Give room for God's power to act. Our strength is waning. Give, take refuge in the power of God. Our wisdom is limited. Hold on to the power of God. Our God is greater. Our God is mightier. Our God 
He is the one who has already won the victory for us. Trust in him. He will bring it.